You are Locked On Cougars, and this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. BYU football sits at 2-2 two and two after getting blown out on their home field by number 22, Washington, 45-19. We'll break down some of the notes and things we learned from that game here in the first segment, as well as the bad news in terms of injuries for BYU coming out of that game as they now turn their attention to getting ready for Toledo. We'll also get you ready for that Toledo game, get you some of the early notes, the line that came out from the Vegas sports books about that game, and we'll also catch you up on everything else that happened in BYU sports over the weekend outside of football. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast, brought to you today by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll get to all of that as today's show rolls on. Let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for September 23rd, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. All right, let's start off. BYU now sits at 2-2 two two on the season after losing 45-19 to the Washington Huskies on Saturday afternoon at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And let's be real. That was a tough loss to stomach as a BYU fan because BYU showed in that game that they could move the ball on one of the better Pac-12 defenses, and it just didn't even matter. That's the tough part about it. Uh, BYU gives up a special teams touchdown, an 88-yard punt return touchdown to Aaron Fuller. Jacob Eason absolutely torches the BYU secondary, 22 of 26, or no, sorry, 24 of 28 uh, for three touchdowns, went for 290 yards passing, and then also on the defensive side of things, Brandon Wellington absolutely clobbered, uh, well, not he didn't clobber Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson got clobbered, Brandon Wellington scoops the ball and returns it 69 yards the other way for a scoop and score touchdown. It was a thorough beating at the hands of the Huskies who I think are going to be one of the better teams in the Pac-12 this season. They're the defending Pac-12 champions for a reason. They simply just reload. They don't rebuild up there in Seattle and It's just a tough one to stomach for BYU because the Cougars did move the ball in this game. Uh, BYU went for 356 total yards. Zach Wilson set career highs in terms of completions and attempts with 26 completions on 42 attempts passing. He had one interception to go along with one touchdown pass. And you feel like BYU had opportunities in this game, but critical mistakes resurfaced for BYU in this game. This game kind of represented my mind uh, throwing it back to the Utah loss for BYU, where BYU moved the ball at points in the game, but critical penalties, a false start here, uh, two face mask penalties for Isaiah Heron, as well as Uriah Leatawa on a touchdown drive for Washington that just absolutely killed the momentum BYU might have gained on that drive as they looked like they had stopped Washington in their tracks multiple times, but only to give up critical penalties. You can't have this as a BYU football program if you want to win games at the highest level. BYU is not good enough to get over the hump 
when they're killing themselves with penalties, turnovers, etc. For the second time this season, BYU loses the turnover battle, albeit not as bad as they lost to Utah, but they still lose the game in blowout fashion to Washington. Just a tough game to stomach. I'm sure Ed Lamb is going to be tearing his hair out with that punt return touchdown for Aaron Fuller. 88 yards. That is just a massive return. And BYU got all out of sorts on that and struggled. So there were plenty of things to learn from for BYU in this game. Plenty of things for them to go back to the drawing board as they get ready for Toledo this week. Uh, The Cougars opened up as a three and a half point road favorite in that game. It's already down to two and a half points. A lot of people think the 10 a.m. Mountain Time start as well as BYU traveling two time zones probably affects the Cougars and there's probably a good reason for that but BYU is the road favorite this week. They have plenty to work on. The defense for BYU 101st right now in the country in defense, that's not good enough if you're a BYU fan. 93rd in total defense, 101st in scoring defense. Scoring defense is the number that I prefer to look at. And when you're in the hundreds out of 130 teams at the FBS ranks, it's not a good look if you're a BYU football program. I will add this caveat to that, though, that BYU is the only team that has played four Power 5 opponents to start the season. They made it through a 2-2. Two and two. I think an 8-win season is very much a, a realistic projection going forward for BYU. BYU with eight games remaining on the schedule. There's another Power 5 team on the slate going forward. Uh, BYU will be at Toledo this week. They'll have a bye week, then they head to South Florida, home to Boise State, another bye week, and then they go to Utah State. The next four games will be critical for BYU if they want to make this a successful year because uh, you have two of your regional rivals that you've traditionally struggled against under Kalani Satake coming up in the next four games. You have two road games in the Eastern time zone as well. It's going to be interesting for BYU to see how they navigate this, albeit some help there with the bye weeks for the Cougars. Now, let's get to some of the positives before we uh, take a break here. We need to talk about this. Uh, I guess we'll mention it right now. Tyson Williams, done for the year. He announced on social media, on Twitter and Instagram yesterday, he has torn the ACL in his left knee. We'll talk a little bit more about the impact of that, as well as the news that Zane Anderson is out for the season for BYU and will undergo shoulder surgery once again. We'll talk about some of the injury concerns for BYU in a minute here, but let's get to some of the positives from this game. I think the biggest thing is Jake Oldroyd. Talk about a leg and a half on this young man. 54-yard field goal that would have been better, would have been good from further out. Just an absolutely massive kick. He is a true weapon for BYU, and I'm not going to say it right now. I doubted this young man. I, I freely admit it. He had back injuries as a true freshman before going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And whenever a kid, a kicker in particular, has back injuries at the collegiate level, it's very easy to write them off. And I, I'll be honest, I did write Jake Oldroyd off. I am proud and happy to admit that I was wrong in that regard. I think that he is going to be a weapon for BYU. Having a guy like that who is consistent, kicking the ball, has 50 yard plus range to him and you can rely on that that is a fantastic thing to see for BYU because it's been going on a decade at this point since BYU's had a consistent kicker who could go uh, from outside of 50 yards Uh, some of the other highlights from this game is I felt like Diane Gonwoloku 
as well as Isaiah Heron, were pretty good, all things considered, in this game. I still feel like BYU needs to bring the house more often in terms of blitzing because guys like Jacob Eason are just too good for you to drop seven and eight guys and hope to stop them passing the ball. Guys are going to come open. They're going to find wide open receivers, and you saw what Jacob Eason did. A couple years ago, Alex Hornerbrook set a program record for completion percentage against BYU. I know that Elisa Tuiaki wants the bend, don't break. He wants to keep everything in front of him. I still think BYU needs to go back to the drawing board a little bit and think, you know what, we should bring more four- and five-man pressures rather than just rushing three. Also in this game, I think we saw that BYU against a team like Washington needs to go with a four-man front. What they did again early in that game with the three-man front just wasn't working because Washington is not USC. They have a better coaching staff, and they carved BYU up on the ground without Salvan Ahmed, their top running back. Sean McGrew went for over 100 yards in this game, and just a tough tough outing for BYU's defense that scoring defense needs to improve and it should improve as BYU plays some of these lighter teams the lighter part of their schedule now turning their attention to the non-power five portion of their schedule but We'll see what happens there. Some other positives real quick. Peyton Wilgar played extremely well once again. Max Tooley had an interception that he almost returned for a touchdown and then also decided to stretch out at the five-yard line. I don't know what he was doing. He got away with it. His knee was down, luckily, before he fumbled the ball. Avoided near disaster there. Matt Bushman looked like a man amongst boys once again for BYU. Really liked what he did in the slot for BYU at tight end. Really showed what he could do. Became that receiving threat that BYU's needed him to be after being bottled up, bottled up against USC. I thought Aleva Hifo, Talon Shumway, uh, Gunnar Romney, and Micah Simon all had their moments in this game, but the bad news is the drops issue became an issue once again for BYU in this game after two games of it not being an issue. Can they get back to being that consistent team that catches the ball? You would hope so, but having those drop issues come back into play just absolutely killed BYU. So just a tough night if you're a Cougar fan. Uh, here's hoping that better days are ahead, that they can uh, Uh, have a good showing on the road at Toledo this week, but they will do it without their top running back and one of their top defensive players going forward. Also talk about some of the other uh, concerns injury-wise that we're hoping to get some clarification on as the week progresses this week coming up here in a minute. Before we do that, though, do want to tell you about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats and their app help you get to your favorite live events. Enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100 right now with Vivid Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats app. All right, guys, need to take a minute and talk to you today about our good friends at Deseret First Credit Union. They are the title sponsor of Locked On Cougars and can't thank them enough for their continued support of the podcast. They're asking all of their members right now, you've probably heard this in some of their other ad campaigns, they're asking, what is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home to save some of that money and help fund that passion project? Make sure your why is fully funded, as that's the easiest way to say it. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything. And with rates still low right now, now is a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep more money in your pocket. Deseret First Credit Union offers all kinds of financial solutions when it comes to refinancing your mortgage. They have no-cost refinances that won't cost you a dime, and you can save up to potentially hundreds of dollars a month, guys. I don't think anybody out there would object to having extra money, potentially up to hundreds of dollars a month, back in their pocket. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you've bought multiple homes in the past, or even if you're doing investment properties, they are ready to 
help you. Call them, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in just five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required, OAC. Terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. All right, guys, bad news coming out this weekend, and we hope that BYU would make it through these four games against the Power 5 opponents relatively healthy, but alas, it is not to be. Two major injuries for BYU, two season-ending injuries, I guess I I should say, coming out of this game against Washington, and none bigger than BYU graduate transfer running back Tyson Williams. He took a hit to the knee in that game against Washington. His left knee kind of buckled inwards, and you did not like seeing that because that usually means there's ligament damage, and it comes out that he announced on social media yesterday that he has a torn ACL in his left knee, and that is some bad news for BYU because he had had a good season to this point. Had really been a revelation for BYU, and it just it, it's it's a bummer. It, plain and simple, it, it sucks. <laughs> It just sucks. Tyson Williams, he had gained 264 yards on 49 carries and had three touchdowns through four games for BYU. He had added seven catches for an additional 47 yards as a receiver as well. He was a true weapon. I thought he was the best running back since Jamal Williams was in BYU's backfield. But alas, BYU now turns their attention to Emmanuel Asupa and Lopini Katoa as your top two running backs going forward. I feel like this is an opportunity. I felt like Emmanuel Asupa, he gained 80 yards in that game against Washington to show what he can do. He was slowed by injury late in training camp and got a slow start to the season, but in relief of Tyson Williams after he went out injured against Washington, I thought Soup, as they call him at BYU, showed a lot of ability. He's a big-bodied back, 220 pounds, a bowling ball who has plenty of shiftiness to him, maybe not the top gear that a guy like Tyson Williams or even Lopini Katoa has, but he can pick up the big yard when afforded to him, but also put his shoulder down and pick up those critical one and two yard pickups when you need that as well. It's a loss, plain and simple, having Tyson Williams out for the year. He was a true weapon for BYU, a guy that BYU could turn to in critical downs and distances and know that they were getting a guy who could get them that critical yard or two or even burst up the middle for 12 to 15 yards. I think Emmanuel Asupa will be able to fill some of that role. Lopini Katoa I think is a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got the ability to run the ball, but he's got to stay healthy. He hasn't stayed healthy during his entire tenure at BYU but now with this injury to Tyson Williams, it opens up a hole in the BYU offense and you're hoping that Soup and Lopini can step in and fill that role. Sione Finau is probably presumably your third uh, running back on the depth chart. And we'll see what happens. Tyler Algier played against US, uh, not USC, played against uh, Washington at linebacker after making the transition over to linebacker over the last couple of weeks. Could he make a move back to running back? Potentially. A guy like Morgan Piper could come back from the defensive secondary as well and potentially add some depth. You also have guys like Jackson McChesney, Alex, Alec Weibel, Mesa as well on the scout team right now to step up at running back. But it's going to be a by committee approach to fill the role that Tyson Williams had taken on for BYU. And we wish him nothing but the best with for Williams going forward because you hope he can get healthy and get his knee back in working order. Uh, in talking with some people over the weekend, I know a lot of people wonder, can he get a medical hardship? 
I don't doubt that he'll apply for it. That's my thought is he'll apply for the medical hardship. But it sounds like the precedent with the NCAA is with graduate transfers, it becomes harder and harder as a grad transfer to get a medical hardship. Albeit, uh, he fits the profile. He played in less than 30% of the snaps for BYU this season. It's a season-ending injury early in the year. By the book, it appears that it could be a, ga- a year that he gets back. He get a sixth year, a medical hardship waiver is what they call it technically at the NCAA level. But t- in talking to some people inside and around the program, just people who are familiar with the process for medical hardships, it's already a crapshoot as it is, but it sounds like as a graduate transfer, it's even harder to get that medical hardship. But here's hoping that uh, Tyson Williams can buck, that, buck those odds and be able to get that year back and come back and play his senior season as a BYU Cougar because he was showing some impressive things, some really good things early on this season. And it's a, it's a bummer deal. It's a raw deal for him a third of the way through the season to see his senior year ended on that note. So we'll keep you updated with any news that comes out about that. I'll talk with some more people, I'm sure, over the next coming days and weeks, and we'll keep you updated as to if there is any possibility for a guy like uh, like Tyson Williams to get that medical heart. The other bummer deal coming out of this game against Washington is that the Zane Anderson season is done. Uh, he's going to undergo shoulder surgery once again. We talked about it on the podcast over the last week or so that his shoulder injury has never fully healed from the shoulder surgery he underwent during the offseason. He went through offseason training, really went to work hard at it, really wanted to get himself back into shape and have a good senior year, but his season is cut short after just over two games worth of uh, film against, uh, Washington, against USC, uh, Washington, in Utah as well as Tennessee just over two games Zane Anderson in my opinion probably has the better case as a as a graduate not a graduate transfer as a just a medical hardship case because he's had two seasons cut short now two shoulder injuries that he feels like he can get rehabbed I'm expecting that he'll apply for a sixth year as well see if he can get that back and come back for BYU in 2021 but we'll see what happens with that. It's a raw deal for BYU. I felt like this game against Washington, BYU comes out the most roughed up that they have been. Tristan Hodge left the game early in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter of that game. I'm hopeful that's not an injury issue. Uh, BYU's guards all the way around against Washington struggled. Didn't matter who it was. Tristan Hodge, Chandon Herring, Kiefer Longson, all three of them had their issues, and Washington had a field day at those two spots along their defensive line, just wreaking havoc against BYU. So just a tough deal there. But you hope the guys stay healthy. Atunai Samahe, it was nice to see him back out on the field, albeit sporting an arm brace on his elbow. That's what had limited him against USC, but it was nice to see him get back on the field for BYU. Uh, Keenan Peely's shoulder injury precluded him from playing in that game against Washington. I still feel like he's going to be out at least a few more weeks, which thins BYU's middle linebacking core. He's a guy who's made plays early this year. Really, he's been an impressive player. Here's hoping that he can avoid shoulder surgery that would end his season, but they're still going to wait for a couple of weeks before determining what's going to happen there. And then Moroni Laulu Pututau out again against uh, Washington. He's dealing with some leg issues. Hopefully, it's not a knee, uh, the same knee that he had re- surgically reconstructed against wa- after the Washington game a 
year ago. It would have been nice to see him get back on the field against Washington a year after losing a season to a knee injury, but he had some leg issues that precluded him from playing against the Huskies. Here's hoping he can get back on the field in short order because when he's been on the field for BYU, he's been really good, but we've only seen him for really one game so far this year, so you hope that you can see him back on the field and playing in short order and finish the season fully healthy. That would be nice to see. So there you go. Some of the thoughts on BYU and their injury concerns. They got to get through this game against Toledo and then they'll get a much needed bye week off. It would have been nice to have that bye week this week. BYU gets through those first four games against Power 5 teams. Has a week off to recuperate and rest up. But alas, it is not meant to be. Toledo is a team that has put up all kinds of points and yards early this season. But conversely, has also given up plenty of points and yards. Uh, They beat Colorado State, despite Colorado State having a decided advantage in the yard yardage category. Uh, Toledo very much a bend-don't-break type of style on defense, picking up critical stoppages late in games, late in drives, and BYU's going to have to have their work cut out for them to overcome that, but we'll track that more for you. We'll be at BYU's press conference today talking with Kalani Satake, what he makes of Jason Candle's squad out there at Toledo as BYU gets ready for the second uh, second quarter, I guess, of their season, I guess we can call it, uh, the second third of their season because they played four games. The upcoming four games are a critical stretch in their own right. We'll break that down a little bit more as this week progresses, but BYU now turns their attention to Toledo and has their work cut out for them because the Rockets will be plenty motivated having BYU come to the Glass Bowl for the first time to notch a win for the MAC over a highly thought of BYU football program. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on the BYU injury concerns. It's a critical stretch here for BYU. If you can get through this game, win this game at Toledo, take that bye week and then come back for a road game at South Florida. I think it's a critical stretch for BYU here and here's hoping that the injury concerns coming out of this four game gauntlet against Power 5 teams don't catch up with BYU in a road game this week at Toledo but like I said we'll break that down more in depth as the week progresses. All right, we'll talk a little bit in a minute here about uh, BYU the other sports in particular who are off to incredible starts a massive upset for BYU women's volleyball we'll get to all of that here in just a moment. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, we'll get back to Locked On Cougars here in a minute, guys. Do need to take a minute and talk to you today about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They are a local company based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody along the Wasatch Front, even out into Tooele and Wasatch Counties, if you need their services. They don't believe in door-to-door salesmen. They don't believe pest control companies should be bugging you by knocking on your door. What All Guard does is they offer multiple types of services as a pest control company. They have quarterly pest control programs, which are awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have that peace of mind knowing no creepy crawly thing is going to come out from their home. They also have one-time services so you don't need to sign a long-term contract for just a one-time treatment. They'll come out, take care of you, and then leave you alone. That's what I love about All Guard Pest Control. Seth and his team are the best of the best when it comes to pest control issues. They use the safest products in the industry, in the industry so they're rated for daycares, hospitals, restaurants, kennels, and vets. That way you know that you have the peace of mind knowing that your kids and pets 
pets are safe around the products they use. They have awesome online reviews, guys. You can check it out. Five-star reviews up and down the board. They are the best of the best, and not to mention huge BYU fans, guys. They also are the termite experts in Utah County and the Wasatch Front if you have any of those issues as well. You can give them a call, 801-851-1812. They'd love to come out, meet with you, help you out with whatever pest control issues you have, or you can check them out online at allguardpestcontrols.com, guys. All Guard Pest Control. Give them a call, 801-851-1812 or allguardpestcontrols.com. All Guard Pest Control, proud partner of Locked On Cougars. As we close out today's edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast, reminder for you guys, if this is the first time you've heard the podcast, we are available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, the Himalaya Podcast app. Essentially, anywhere a podcast can be heard, you can hear Locked On Cougars. And one additional reminder for you guys, when you are driving around, you have some downtime at the house, use your smart devices, your smartphone when you're in your car, plug that in, or use your smart speaker your house tell them play podcast locked on cougars that way you stay up to date with everything going on in byu sports news with this daily podcast all focused on byu all right now a couple of notes for you when it comes to byu and their other sports from this past weekend the number seven women's soccer team improved to eight and zero with a hat trick by junior cameron tucker leading them to a dominant five nothing win over kansas state saturday night byu is absolutely rocking and rolling this season they're perfect on the year they're going to be on the road once again this coming week at long beach state thursday at eight o'clock mountain time the game will be streamed live on bigwest.tv and of course they'll have the game for you on the byu sports network on the radio side of things but it is a big time open to the season for BYU here. Michaela Coulihan has scored in back-to-back games, giving her a total of four as a junior. Uh, Cameron Tucker has now four games this season, 11 total in her career. And the last time a Cougar had a hat trick was actually in 2016 when current pro player Ashley Hatch recorded three goals in a match at San Francisco. So BYU now has seven shutouts on the season, six of them in a row. BYU has outscored their opposition 22-1 to this season. Congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood and her team. Team. They're absolutely rocking and rolling at Southfield right now. Best of luck to them this week at Long Beach State. Now, number 12 ranked BYU Women's Volleyball went on the road to Maples Pavilion and upset number two Stanford 3-1. They lost the first set 25-18, then rallied to win 25-22, 25-23, 31-29 to the big time road upset for BYU. After getting upset on their home floor by Marquette earlier this season, it's cool to see BYU go on the road and beat a team that has given them fits over the years. Speaking of the Stanford Cardinal, uh, Heather Olmstead was quoted in the BYU Cougars really saying, quote, what a gritty match by our team. I'm so proud of the way we stuck together and stayed the course. There were so many crucial big time plays by so many different players. Everyone had great energy and I'm really proud of the way the team executed on the road, unquote. Senior Mary Lake had 15 digs, 10 assists and an ace, while Taylor Ballard-Nixon entered the match in set three and came up big with seven kills and three blocks for BYU. McKenna Miller, BYU's best player on their squad this year, had 18 kills and two aces in this game. So 
just an impressive effort from BYU across the board to notch that upset win on the road over Stanford. BYU will now begin West Coast Conference play starting with a match this coming Thursday at Gonzaga at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. BYU then will remain on the road and play at Portland on Saturday at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. So a big opportunity as BYU opens up WCC play. Looking forward for them. Ranked number 12 in the country. I think they'll move inside the top 10 this week with that win over Stanford. Uh, BYU women's golf is in action early today and tomorrow at the Coeur d'Alene Resort Collegiate Invitational. That's at the Coeur d'Alene Resort Golf Course up there in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We'll have updates for you on how the first two rounds go today as they try and bounce back from a kind of a lackluster showing to open their season, finishing in ninth place at the previous tournament. We'll see how they do in their opener this coming weekend. So there you go. That's what's happening in other BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of Locked on Cougars. We'll be back tomorrow recapping Kalani Sitake's weekly press conference, catch up with former Cougars in the NFL, how they did over the weekend in week three of the NFL season, and of course, getting you up to date on everything else going on in BYU sports news, as we always do. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor on the show, Deseret First Credit Union. Give them a call, 801-456-7070, or visit them at dfcu.com for all of your home refinancing needs. And also check out our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Any pest control issue you have, you have they can handle. 801-851-1812 or allguardpestcontrols.com. Thanks to you guys for continuing to support the show. It's a blast to be with you every day. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Enjoy whatever's left of your Monday, and we'll see you on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Cougars. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for September 23rd, 2019.